just keep blues out of my flannels. That's all I'm saying. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody watching and listening online, NordFMC.com, and of course, our Facebook page. We value you. In fact, we waited for you this, this fine day. Now, I am going to, I'm excited about today's message. It's a uh, mishmash of about three different messages I've given in the past. But um, for me, listen, I, everybody's different. Everybody in this room is different. Everybody in this room is equally gifted in your own areas when it comes to serving God. Stop staring at the people in the front. They just happen to be in the front. They're not better than you. They're not more gifted than you. It's not the case. And in fact, the people who end up in leadership, leadership is a burden to carry. I don't know if you know this, but you kind of get shot, you get stabbed, you get wounded by hurting people. It happens. But the reason I say that is because my specific, what I get most passionate about, and please don't like judge me for this, I'm not a very missionary-minded person. It would terrify me if all of a sudden God's like, hey, go to a foreign country and tell them about Jesus Christ. It's just not in my heart. It's not. And my son asked me the other day, six years old, he asked about serving God. And I said, buddy, because he was like, what if God tells me to go to the city? He's like, I hate cities. I was like, tone it down, country boy. And I was like, well, listen, God is the giver of good and perfect gifts, right? I'm not sure necessarily. I mean, we all go through hard times and there are hard seasons, but do you really think God's going to make AJ go to Borneo and be miserable and unequipped to do the job, therefore not fulfilled? I don't. You know what, God? You know what gets me out of bed in the morning? Teaching people a better way in Christ to do everyday life in the North Country. I don't want to go to Australia. I don't want to go to Colorado Springs again. I used to live there. I want to be right here in Norwood, New York, and I want to teach people how to, through Christ, how to do things better through him, including the holiday season. And so today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving through the lens of Jesus. Because if you're not anxious right now, they're either getting in the car and coming to your house in a couple days, or you're going to their house in a few days. So just then that little blanket of anxiety just might come on, right? Do you get what I'm saying? The stakes are going to be raised in the holiday season when we all cramp together. Because guess what? Families are full of difficult folks. Families are full of turmoil. So anyway, so this is a time for gratitude. I want to touch this really quickly because some of you have not heard any of this. I want to give you as much as I can today. The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from above. That's legitimate. We talked about that, what, last week? And as Thanksgiving approaches, it's the time to focus on that. The time to truly look around and count our blessings. But let's not stop there. Let's look at our first slide today, Bri. And it says this, Philippians, to the church in Philippi, here's some teachings, some discipling. Hey, you know how everybody else walks around with a bunch of anxiety? Uh, in Christ, listen, let me give you a recommendation and a command. Don't be anxious about anything. There's another way to do things, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Instead of that, in everything, by prayer and asking what you need, which is petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And you know what's going to happen, young believer? The peace of God, which goes beyond your human understanding, it's going to supernaturally guard your heart and your mind in the power and love of Jesus Christ. So, I've talked about this before, but again, some of you are hearing this for the first time. If you like to bake or if you like to cook, what he just presented to you is a recipe. He absolutely presented a recipe. If you've got anxiety, here's what you do. You throw, in, you throw in prayer and petition. You put in thanksgiving. You put it in and you present it to God. And when the time is right, you know what you're going to get out of that proverbial oven? The peace of God. 
Now, let me tell you something about Thanksgiving and gratitude as we're walking into Thanksgiving. I can be honest with you and tell you that there have been seasons in my life where I've been praying and petitioning, praying and petitioning for something, whether it be a spouse, uh, grace with my children, a job, financial hardship, answers for the future, prayer and petition, prayer and petition, prayer and petition, and when I'm getting out of the oven is not the peace of God. Can anybody ever relate to that at all? Well, in my story, I tell you what, I come upon this scripture, which is God's wisdom for his kids whom he loves. And I realized I forgot a little something. I forgot to keep my heart grateful and thankful. And now what does not happen is I start feeling condemned. I just fix the recipe. So I go back to saying, Lord, help Ted, whatever it may be. Lord, be with him. I'm so grateful for him. I'm so grateful for the people I love. I'm so grateful that you're the creator and sustainer of life. Ding. Oh, sorry. The timer just went off. The peace of God is ready. You getting me? I can tell you that that's absolutely the story in my case. Now, here's the thing. You're human beings. I have a message. It's, it's going to happen. What happens for us if we, if we have something that we desperately need prayer and petition for, just as human beings, what we do is we get so fixated on the need, don't we? Because the need is there and it's right in front of us. And we say, Lord, heal their marriage. Lord, change their heart. Lord, 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 Lord. And it's very simple. In fact, it's human nature to do that. Let me tell you a little something, number one, about the rule of declining returns as well. Uh, in fitness, we, you understand that if you're, if you're working out, so if you start a new regimen, even if it's running on a treadmill, treadmill or elliptical, your body will immediately get used to the, the training and you'll start seeing results. And so you'll have these amazing returns. Or for guys, let's say, because we have a higher testosterone you know, in our bodies, we'll put on mass. Remember, Kirk? The first month, it's big, big, big gains. And then all of a sudden, the rule of declining returns kicks in, and you stop seeing as much change and encouragement. You ever hear a song that you absolutely love when it comes on? But then the more you hear it, the less you like it until you don't like it anymore. You ever walk in a church and think, wow, only to six months later be like, meh. It's the rule of declining returns. It's in our marriages. It's in our friendships. It's in everything we do. But can I tell you, it's the enemy of gratitude. And that's what will keep us from completing this recipe. Notice that we all have that. I don't see the writer to the Philippians condemning them for it. He's simply saying this, just beware. And Thanksgiving is a wonderful time where our nation has set up, I'm not quite sure they were aiming at the same thing, but we get a day off with a name like Thanksgiving? Well, those of us who follow Christ, I would recommend that we just simply take a look at this recipe here and we go back through and say, let me check my heart with the things that I'm praying and petitioning for. Let me make sure there's gratitude in there. The second point of this is this. Gratitude is only fostered on purpose. Gratitude does not just happen. Just like creation does not just happen. I'm just going to be fun here for a second. When I was teaching my children, primarily Alex, about... Because he's, he's got a poster on his wall, and it says, The galaxy was created so many millions of years ago by some cosmic accident, Big Bang. And I said, buddy, do you believe that? And he's like, no, not really. I said, cool, ready? Let's spill your blocks and make a castle. He's like, huh? I said, do you think if I dump this blocks, it's going to make a castle? He goes, no. I said, right. 
So you think an accident made creation in you and me? And beyond that, the love we share between each other? He's like, ha, 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 stupid. <laughs> he didn't say that, but his face did. And I said, yeah, you're right. Because just like creation, gratitude in your heart is something that needs to happen on purpose. Can I tell you something? There are days when I'm not grateful for my family. There, there are days when they're the source of my frustration. I'm just being honest. There are days when I'm not thankful for my body with the clicks and pops and aches and pains as I get older. There are days when I'm not grateful to be in the woods when that buck won't come out. Even though we saw a huge print, didn't we, Kirk? Looked like Spock doing Nanu with a dewclaw. Where, where, where is he? I'll show the picture. <laughs> we'll, we'll get sidetracked. <laughs> so that's, that's what I want to talk about with Thanksgiving. Now, the third point of my message today, we're jumping into this. <clears throat> As with everything in our lives, gratitude and so many other things are made a lot harder by, ready? People. People tend to make things difficult. That's the way it is. We are the center of creation. That's the way God made it. Therefore, we're the center of most troubles as well. So let's look at a story, an occurrence in Jesus' life that I touch on quite frequently. Uh, uh, let's see what it reveals to us. So Thanksgiving Day, it's a joke, but picture it. Jesus and his disciples, his followers were on their way. Now, now remember, listen, that doesn't necessarily mean 12 people either. There were hundreds of people who followed Jesus Christ. He, he dictated that there was specifically an inner core of 12 and then an inner core even more of three. But don't think that. There were mobs of people following him around. So he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. This is a big thing in the Middle East. It's called the rule of hospitality. But all this was going on and Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Commanding Jesus is usually not a good idea. Let's see how this works out. With love and concern and a double repeating of her name, he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary's chosen what's better, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, no, I will not go tell her to do this other thing instead. So one of the things, one of the first things bold and obvious about the story, of course, is having Jesus at the center of our lives, and that's of course, you know, that's the, that's the obvious takeaway here. But I want to dig into this a little bit more as we're looking at Thanksgiving. There's no villain in this story. There's no bad person. There's not even someone who's necessarily wrong. In fact, all there is is teaching opportunity for us. So what we have is someone who opened her home to Jesus. And, and again, in the Middle East, that means security, provision. It means a lot to bring someone into your home. So she stopped her whole life to provide for Jesus and his pals. She's not bad and she's not wrong for doing so, is she? There's no villain in this story. She's not ignoring Jesus. She's not saying he's not Mashiach. She's not doing anything like that. She's laying down her time, effort, and resources to serve Jesus. So, so this teaches us something, guys, because on the outside, we look at her and we would say this in life. We would say, good job. Good job. Look what she's doing. Isn't she doing great? Is she doing great things? We are very programmed, guys, to be human doings. Where are we going to get our worth from? Look at what I'm doing. And so Martha is doing more than Mary. And so you would think in the economy of personal value, beep, 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 Martha, Martha, well done, blessed art thou, is how you'd expect it if it were in America in 2019. But Jesus teaches us something else about the kingdom. We're not human doings. We are human beings. Obviously, and I know that's pithy, but 
We we gotta we not only look at what other people do. You know, the doing becomes our focus. Okay. Um. Jesus does not do this. He does not look at what we're doing. He looks at hearts. Now, Mary, some scholars believe, I'm not sure I necessarily believe this personally, but Mary, some scholars believe, was at one time a prostitute. Some say she's the same Mary that poured oil on Jesus' feet and wiped her hair on his feet and anointing him with oils in the other Gospels. And if that's true, well, we do know that oil is like a year's wage. And... Um, that perfume would actually let people know that they were working at the time if, in that story. So if that's the case, then think about the difference there. You got Mary, who a lot like some of the people in this room, have seen the bottom. We've seen rock bottom. We've seen addiction. We've seen heartache. We've seen abuse. And along comes Yeshua, not church, not religion, not working in law but along comes jesus who puts his hand out and says you yes you and we raise to our feet he's the lifter of our heads and he gives us hope well somewhere down down the line he walks in the room can i tell you what bottom feeders like me do when jesus walks in a room we hit our knees and we don't care what else is going on at the time so that makes a lot of sense doesn't it mary's like don't care he's here do you know what he's done for me? I'm not going anywhere, Martha. We can duke it out after. I don't care. But Martha, again, she's not the villain, but she says, like, I'm not conditioned for this, Jesus. I'm not conditioned for, for heart work here. I want to serve you because I want to do a bunch of stuff for you, Jesus. And he also teaches us this. Do you remember when I was baptized, he says? And the voice came down from heaven, and what did it say in front of everyone on purpose? It said, this is my beloved, my preferred son, with whom I am greatly pleased. He's not done a single thing for me yet. Do you understand? It's heart. It's not work. And so Mary and Martha, as we're walking into Thanksgiving, teaches us true. Jesus isn't even looking for you to go do stuff to earn his favor either, right? That's a big one that I'm just getting as we're speaking up here. So Mary knew what it was like to lean her life on fragile things. She knew the darkness of the world. And when Jesus comes in, there was nothing, nothing that was going to keep her from focusing on him. Now, here's what we can take away from that in another way. I always talk about this, and it's very simple. If you ever want to tell somebody about your relationship with Jesus, you say this. There's just two deals on the table, man. Deal number one is your best, what you get, and no, no security. And you've been living that life. Deal number two is this man came. We know that historically. That's not up for debate. He came. He died. He rose again. And he gave us promises. And he said, if you lean your life against me, it won't crash. There'll be storms, but it won't fall. Choose. And 98% of the world will continue to choose option one in their own strength. But some of us are saying option two. Now, as we choose option two, Jesus is also teaching us this about Thanksgiving. You can go to Walmart in your own strength. You can go hunting in your own strength. You can raise your kid in your own strength. You can lean every area of your life against anything you want to. But Mary's showing you the highest and best life you can have which is you learn to lead, ev lean every area of your life against me. Not because I'll beat you up if you don't. That was your old church, and it was garbage. 
But because I came to give you life and life to the fullest, but you'll only get there by following me there. Does that make sense? <laughs> sometimes, Bruce, I love when we have our Saturday conversations because sometimes we get to, we simplify the, I think we make things too complicated. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means you're going to end up wherever he goes. Do you understand that? Like, where were we the other day where the kids decided they were going to walk in front of me? Great idea. Oh, Aldi and Malone. And they're leading. I'm like, okay, tough guy, settle down here. You're six, you know. But if you follow daddy, guess where you'll end up? Wherever I go. <laughs> so Jesus is saying, you want to follow me? Yes, I do. Where's that going to end up? Jesus goes, I don't know. Still waters, green pastures. You've heard that one, haven't you? But listen, I know. <laughs> Shortcut humor, right? Listen, but the thing is, even with our Thanksgivings, you're going to walk into... You're going to walk into busyness and, and stuff that needs to be done and families and, and all this sort of stuff. And I think right now we're looking at a Mary or Martha posture. Again, no, neither of which are going to condemn you. Do you understand? But one of them is going to lead to fulfillment and life to the fullest and one's not. And so I am slaughtering my message today, but who cares, right? <laughs> I want to say this. As, as we're getting ready for preparations... I'm not necessarily sure, you guys, that it's how many side dishes we're going to prepare on Thursday that's going to be remembered. I'm not necessarily sure about that. I think instead it's going to be the company that you keep. And I think instead it's going to be what state of mind and peace you were in. And by the way, we talked about peace. We already gave you the recipe for peace, right? <laughs> So we can either lean that or not as it's getting to be tumultuous. So I don't think people are going to remember that there was no dust bunnies in the house or the color scheme of the tablecloth or anything like that that we all fret about. Or, yeah, I don't think that... Oh, you didn't make ham gravy? What? There's turkey gravy. There's no ham gravy? That was one of the stories from my childhood. <laughs> Someone got really mad about that, but I still remember that. Um, but my, my, my point is this, guys, is that... Uh, it's about priority, isn't it? This speaks about priority. And um, I think I, uh, I skipped that by throwing it down here. One of the things that, that, that helps us walk toward life and life to the fullest, fullest is this. Another thing that happens only on purpose is that you prioritize your life. Now, one of the things, I'll tell you what I try to do. I try to go, God, my family, close, close, close friends, and then like church and friends and things like that. And I'd even put money and job down here. That's just the way I am. I'm not saying that's right and don't look up to me, but I'm saying. So the reason that's interesting is because now if something down the list starts taking from something higher on the list, I adjust it. Let me tell you about, I used to be in a band. I used to be in Divided Roads for a while. Played bass as a favorite of Mike and Andy. And we did that for years and we would go out and we'd play music on Saturday nights. Well, all of a sudden I took the job to, to pastor a church Next thing you know, staying out that late and playing music started to take from something higher up. And so what do you do? If you know your priorities, you know you got to do something, right? I quit the band. I quit doing something I loved for something I love more. Do you understand that that's what sacrifice is? Giving up or passing on something you love for something you love more. Don't we see that with Mary and Martha? Priorities are huge. So this, this, this holiday, guys... As somebody who, all right, as somebody who's buried most of their family, I want to tell you what I remember about my Thanksgivings and miss. 
when I look back, I remember the people around that table. I remember the jokes. I remember the music on the radio. I remember the laughter. I remember the strife. Let's not lie. But I remember that. And that's up here. Let's not let the things that need to be done. They're good things. They're good things. But I would recommend this week and even on Christmas holiday season, we don't let the lower priorities contaminate and become toxic to the higher ones. We've all done it. And that regret stinks the next day, doesn't it? Can I tell you what the greatest gift you can give anybody this holiday season? A peaceful you. That is the greatest gift you can give. I got in trouble one year because people thought I was talking about them when I wasn't. But I said this. We all have the family member who's stressed out on that holiday day. And they're slamming cupboards and they're overwhelmed. I'm not talking about anybody. It's, I literally got in trouble. People thought I was talking about it. No, I'm just saying every family has it. Hello. But the greatest gift we can give is not. Burn the turkey if you can stay in peace. And I bet you every family member would say, heck yeah, burn turkey. <laughs> Come on. And if you're feeling condemned, that's on you because nobody's condemning you right now. What? I'm not. I'm not naming names. <laughs> uh, let me tell, Okay, so let me give you some advice and let's get out of here. One of the big things we can do, guys, is just communicate ahead of time. Anger comes from failed expectations, correct? I'm going to out Melanie's my wife. So <laughs> years ago, no, it's not me. I'm not going to talk bad about you in public. Um, <laughs> years ago, we had a family member come over for the holidays. It was one of our first holidays uh, as a married couple. And again, having no family left, I wanted to, here's my expectation. I wanted to have the family member come over. I wanted to sit around that table, play some music, drink some wine, and chill with my family. That's what I wanted to do. Now, what? I did, what? <laughs> Whatever. So, all of a sudden, the family member came over, though, and AJ opens the door, get in here. <laughs> and the woman's like, ah, like, what? What's up with you? I'm like, nothing, get in here, come on. And I'm all red faced. Well, what I, what I didn't realize was that her expectation was, oh, we can have a good time. We got to clean the house first. Particularly, I'd appreciate if that carpet was vacuumed. Here's the problem. Neither of us told the other one the story. So I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I think there was like a Rocky Marathon on, so I'm obviously glued to the couch. I don't care. Just not Rocky 5. Okay. But anyway, I, we just don't own that one. Street fighting Rocky. What are you, nuts? So anyway, that was happening. And she's like, and I remember, I'm like, what? With the looking. <laughs> it's funny because you know she's so not aggressive, but... That's what happened. And then finally she's like, she says, right as the family member was coming over, she says like, I just, I won't be able to relax until the carpet's, carpet's vacuumed. I'm like, oh, okay, well then I need to, right? So can I tell you what will help you stay in a piece of, place of peace and keep you gratitude, right? Grateful, this, this, and help you with priorities? Communicate your expectations. If you're the one who's shouldering the meal and the, and the Martha Martha stuff, maybe tell Mary beforehand what she can do to help. <laughs> Crickets in, in November? He, it must be because of the heat in this place that he's allowed to survive. Communicate your expectations ahead of time, guys. You're okay to be let down. You have that right. But did you communicate the expectation? Now, if you're not the one planning and preparing, I don't care what gender you are, because sometimes the men do the cooking nowadays, right? I do. If you're not shouldering the most responsibility, here's what I would charge you of. The day before. What can I do to help? 
specifically. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'll start charging you. This is good. This is good stuff because you're going to enjoy your holiday a lot better because you're going to think priority, you're going to think Thanksgiving, you're going to think gratitude. This little thing's going to help you. Holidays can be amazing. That's what they're here for. So the last couple things I want to say is this. Pray before you go there, not when you get in it. When you're on your way to that, that household, pray on the way, man. Bring your peace into it. Don't try to find it at the last second when Uncle So-and-So gets out of hand. <laughs> Don't be like, oh, where's my peace? I left it at home, right? Bring it with you. You breathe. You remember who you are. You remember gratitude before you get in the car and on the way there because you have two choices, people at home as well. You can be a thermometer or you can be a thermostat. You can change the air around you or you can be affected by it. And I've done both and I prefer the first one. I prefer walking in and being like, what's up? Bringing my peace, y'all. Unaffected because I'm not letting anybody take it, by the way. I prefer that than old AJ. What am I walking into? Uh. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? Well, he's had too much to drink. I better stay away from him. Still angry at me? Uh. The other or wrong political party? Uh. <laughs> right? As opposed to me walking in grateful, aware of my priorities, and bringing my gratitude and thanksgiving into these holidays. Do I have any other things to say here? I think I might. Oh, I want to say this last thing. Yeah, 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 and then we'll worship. I get it. Some of us have really difficult people in our lives, and it's not funny and it's not easy. I get that. But let me just say this. Someone needs to hear this today. You are you, and you are fine. You're safe in Christ Jesus. The people you might be hanging around don't love you the way you are, no matter what, and they don't approve of you. But I need to tell you right now, Jesus does. He approves of every single one of you. I don't care what your in-laws or your family or anybody else has to say about how you're living your life or what you're doing. Jesus approves of you. And if he's got things he's working on, he's working on them. But he loves you. Do you understand that? Don't go receive rejection from people either. Don't allow that to happen. You walk in there full of his love and adopted promises. And they can think whatever they want. You can't control that. Let me step on that for a second before we, before we worship. I will confess that I spend more time than I want to. I'm just realizing this about myself. Worrying what other people are going to say or think about some of the things I do. But the crazy part of that is I can't control what other people think about what I say or do. And so if I'm worrying about it, being anxious for it, it's absolutely an exercise in futility because if I'm worried about something I can't control, does that make sense? It only makes sense to think about things you can change. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And so some people are going to think the way I'm living my life for the decisions I make, they don't agree with them. But I'm not going to waste my time anymore with that because there's nothing I can do about it. No matter what I do, some people aren't going to like me. And you too. That's just a state of things. So maybe we don't walk into Thanksgiving trying to gather up a fan club or worrying about that person you know already doesn't like you or chooses to reject you. That's okay. Do you understand that? I can't change you. You sure are missing out on a cool person to hang out with. But I'm accepted and I'm loved and I'm fine. So this week, guys, 
let's spend some time uh, just lining up with the Lord beforehand. Let's, if we find ourselves with some extra time, we remind ourselves who he is and who we are in him. We got to power up, make the time, and we watch God move into our holidays. Let's be merry this week who doesn't let the busyness, the stuff to do, even good stuff, rattle us out of the place of joy and peace that he's given us. Let's write his name on our holiday this week and being thankful to him for all that we have. So let's sing a song that literally says thank you, Jesus, uh, as, we, as we prepare gratitude this week.